1: Hi everybody, this is Lori Handlers and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness as well as mine. And today I am i feel very lucky because a lot of times I get inquiries from publicists and people telling me about uh, speakers and books and i they never fit anything that has to do with sex and happiness, but somebody sent me a notification about the woman that I'm going to be interviewing today her name is Wendy L Dombroff and um, I said yes I want her as my guest and you'll see why. So Wendy's a licensed professional counselor and she specializes in individual, couple and sex therapy. And that's exciting for me because that is part of sex and happiness so we're going to find out everything Wendy can offer us in this short period of time. Wendy, welcome to Sex and Happiness. Hi, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, it's great to have you. And um, I, really, I did jump when I saw uh, what you were doing. So l- l- tell us a little bit about, like you've combined mindfulness mm, with yes. sex therapy. That's like your That's your niche?
2: Yes. Well, it's... It, you know, I think it has to be every sex therapist's niche because uh, mindfulness is so powerful with sex therapy and
1: sexual enjoyment in general. So when you say, so let's define mindfulness so that people know, because I'm sure, sure. Many, my listeners are meditators, but I don't know if they consider that they practice mild, mindfulness.
2: Ah, okay, yeah. yeah. So I, I that's... A great comment. Because to differentiate the two, my meditation is a formal practice of mindfulness. At mindfulness is moment to moment awareness. It's noticing what is happening right now, right here, in this moment. If mm. it's feel, if it's feeling the seat underneath you, if it's noticing a sound outside if it's just the sound of a voice being known or the smell of cookies or the feel of someone's touch on your body or the feel of arousal in your body. It's moment, mindfulness is being aware moment to moment. It's also, it's said that mindfulness is like a bird with two wings. One wing is the awareness. The other wing is the kind and gentle attention a loving attention that you bring to whatever is being known. So it's moment to moment awareness with kindness and compassion to whatever it is that's being known. And that might look like, ah, anger is here. It's not, no, I don't, I can't feel anger. Anger is wrong. It's, this is anger. This is what anger is like. This is what it's like. In my body, this is what it's like in my thoughts this is this is anger. oh, my arms are so tense, and it's bringing a gentleness, a compassion it's It's okay to feel that
1: That's wonderful that's uh that's kind of <laughs> it's great that you yeah. would, it's great that you would pick anger um, I'm an anger specialist and ah. anger wow. before Tantra. Anger sort of ran me uh, overtly and covertly. I had Mm. plenty of anger and I couldn't, I didn't, I kept trying to figure it out. In therapy, I never came up with any answers, but Tantra taught me to embrace it all and to Mm. notice. So what you're calling mindfulness, I call it noticing. Yes. And it taught me to notice when I had anger and then it taught me techniques for releasing that anger Ah, oh,
2: wow! That's so. That's really so beautiful. That yeah. that really is. and, yes, well,
3: and I never had nope.
1: anyone like you say. You know, oh anger, oh it's anger here. Oh, ah, oh, yeah, so, and anger, notice noticing, yeah. yeah, and and noticing, noticing
2: is a great word. Noticing, and it's noticing with an open and honest look at the landscape of what's happening for us. It's yeah. really just. And allowing it to be just what it is, because one of the greatest instructions I ever received—it was at a, a meditation retreat I was at—was, whatever it is, it's already there. It's already there. So to pretend it's not, um, we we just move away from what we need to be with, and then it maybe gets pushed down further. But it mm-hmm. comes out some. It comes out somewhere, right? right. Often. Often anger is the way that it comes out. But but when we can acknowledge it and say, Oh, this is anger, then we also have choice because we open some space to say, what am I going to do with this anger? Am I am I going to jump into my usual habitual patterns? Or can I can I maybe do something else as hard as it feels? And one little point to add to that is the the Buddhist concept of the fact that everything is impermanent. Uh, nothing stays the same. So you're not going to feel that angry forever, right? We are not our thoughts. <laughs> we are not our emotions.
1: And <laughs> well, I didn't know that. You couldn't have told me that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, so it, you're right. I mean, everything is impermanent. I always look at it like emotions are like the weather. Mm. They come in and they you know like there could be a tsunami somewhere but the next day the sun comes out. Right, exactly. But, and so I try to say to people, you know, it's great if you have a front door and a back door and the weather can, mm. and the weather or the feelings can fly in and out
2: mm. instead
1: of being pushed down and stuck there.
2: Yep. And the weather, it's a great metaphor. And to add to that, to notice that sometimes it's going to rain and sometimes it's going to storm. And can we be with it just as it is? Can yeah. we acknowledge that this is how it is in this moment with, with compassion and tenderness? Um, to treat ourselves as we might treat a dear friend or a child, um, to give ourselves that level of kindness and compassion.
1: Yeah. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. It's really important. And yeah. And uh and and it's not common. Like we mm-hmm. beat ourselves. So people apologize for crying. They apologize for feeling mm-hmm. one way or the other. They apologize for all this and there's nothing to apologize for. That's exactly how you <laughs> feel. So what so, yeah, right. you okay? Excuse me. Yes, so, excuse me. <laughs>
2: yeah sorry no problem yeah
1: do whatever you need to do
2: yeah no I'm okay I'm good
1: all right great so let's talk about okay so you're a licensed therapist Mm -hmm. (laughs) you are you a sex therapist or are you a general yeah so so so
2: so both um so I went I went to school and and uh, got a degree in counseling, and my licensure is a licensed professional counselor here in New Jersey. And uh, I did some postgraduate training in couple and family therapy. And what I found, uh, I did that at the Ackerman Institute in New York City, and what I found was the couples, you know, for some reason, couple therapy and sex therapy are not taught together. They're taught separately. They're like two different curriculums. But I, I found that couples so often had sexual issues that I wanted to learn more about sex. So then I went and I trained at, to be a sex therapist. And so I, I do work with couples around non-sexual issues. But funny enough, usually when you ask, start asking the questions, there's usually something going on. I mean, if a couple comes in, in conflict it's not always a sure bet that they're also having a lot of great sex all the time if they're always arguing and and yelling so um i yeah so i added on my knowledge of sex therapy to my knowledge of couples therapy mm. and and my knowledge of of mindfulness and meditation is very important in both of those <clears throat>
1: Yeah, I I I would agree. I just uh, you know I just wanted to know about that. I feel like couples are an endangered species. Mm, wow! In these mm. days, that's why I started teaching extraordinary lovers, like teaching uh, people how to be extraordinary lovers to each other. But of course, it involves everything you're talking about. Yeah. and are you arguing all the time? And what won't you say to each other? And doesn't that build resentment? And you know, on and on. So I I understand. Sure. Uh, that. It's tough. You can't leave sex therapy out of couples therapy. I I think you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. So we're going to take a little break here. When we come back, we're going to find out what brings people to sex therapy and you know, what happens when people come, who's your ideal client. um, And what are some of the, you know, I know you can't talk about specific people, but you might be able to tell us about um, some Tremendous healings that have taken place so that people yeah. have hope. Sure. So, yeah. So we'll be back shortly. This is Laurie Handlers. You are listening to Sex and Happiness. I am interviewing Wendy L. Dombroff, and she is a mindfulness and sex therapist. and uh, And she's putting together two forms of uh, I practice meditation uh, awareness and uh, and having some success with people in couples who are coming into therapy so we'll find out more about that as soon as we come back please stay tuned did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright that you don't need to earn it or prove it you just need to live it I'm personally inviting you to the path of true love, power, and freedom. If you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the Spiritual Sexual Shamanic Experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level One Training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being.
3: Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handler's only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to Butterfly Workshops. Dot com. That's ButterflyWorkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness. My
4: question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets, Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about ten minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction, That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the
1: Sex and Happiness Show. We are back with Sex and Happiness. Again, I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm interviewing Wendy Dombroff. Uh, and we're talking about couples therapy slash sex therapy and bringing mindfulness to that. So, Wendy, tell us about, you know, like what's involved with sex therapy, what kind of who's your avatar client, you know, who, who would be most likely to seek you out? And what are some of the issues that you actually face?
2: okay that's a a great question first off i want to say that sex therapy is talk therapy there's no taking off of one's clothes there's no um having sex in front of the therapist uh sex therapy is talk therapy we can talk about anything and everything um but it's it's not uh you know i really want to clarify that because some people may hesitate to go if they think well i don't want to have to have sex in front of someone and And people just aren't sure. I mean, nobody tells you what sex therapy is when you're growing up. So it's it's an easy mistake to make, sure. Um, People come for so many different reasons. I think, you know, in talking to many other sex therapists, I, I, I think that the most common reason people come is because of discrepant desire, which simply means one person wants sex more than the other person. Uh, but sometimes couples just aren't having sex. They may be good friends. They may get along well. They may co-parent well. But for some reason, they just are not having sex. Um, sometimes I'll get a call from a man with some sort of erectile issue. I yeah. do do prefer if he has a partner that the partners come together because I want to work with them together to understand, you know, to To understand stand what's going on and to move forward together. Um, so, but sometimes people come on their own for sex therapy because they're, they're not partnered and they just have some issues that they want to discuss. Uh, whether it's um, a fantasy life that they enjoy, that they have mm. some shame about a fetish uh, um, a a performance issue or performance anxiety issue, uh, whatever it is. So there's so many different things that can bring people to my office.
1: That's, uh, you know, that's amazing. So, so mostly it sounds like you see couples, but occasionally you see individuals for one thing or another. Yes, that's correct. Okay. It's funny because in some of my work, uh, the class I teach, Tantra Meets BDSM, I find it mm-hmm. more difficult to work with the couples in class. Oh. Yeah, than I do with single individuals. It's like, even in my ISTA trainings, I'm not trying to ban couples from it or anything, but I just, I notice that there's more hesitancy if the partner is there watching, uh. you know, the engagement of the other partner or what have you. And and sometimes, um, you know, Sometimes a woman comes in with her partner and wants her partner to be more dominant and like mm-hmm. take charge in a scene with BDSM, and the partner mm-hmm. doesn't feel right to do that or wasn't brought up to do that or whatever, and mm-hmm. then the woman doesn't stop sort of busting his balls. So oh.
2: <laughs> I've had so that
1: experience.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, when I do sexual histories, because one of my next steps with a couple around mm-hmm. sex therapy is to do sexual histories. Those I do separately. And, and I, and by the way, I always see couples separately, whether they're coming for sex issues or not. At some point I do almost always uh, a, at least one separate session with each partner, because you're right in that context. You want someone to be able to freely express themselves and maybe say what they're comfortable with or not, and not feel pressure from someone else in one way or another. So I can really understand what you're saying. Yeah.
3: That.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's noble to see, to do couples therapy. And I think it's, it's no, you know, and it's great to separate them from time to time because um, there's codependency and it's not all, I'm, it's not all that healthy. Sometimes it's really. I'm suppressed because i my partner's sitting here, and i don 't want my partner to know everything that i that I want to say or all the resentments or everything, so mm-hmm. I find that comes out sometimes in class and it's a, it's a bit current yeah. uh, right so, so okay, so you would take the sexual history and then do would you work with them individually for the most part, or would you work with them together
2: uh after I do the sexual histories, which you know can be Uh, a couple of sessions or it could be five or six or seven sessions depending on the person's history. But it's, it's more than just the history of their, it includes the history of their relationships and their sexual evolution, you know, old partners and, and where they learned something, but it, it also includes the family history and who the people in their family are and of course I do this with all couples by the way but it's not always focused on on sex if it's not mm-hmm. a sexual issue and it but in sexual histories I also want to know how did they learn about sex um how was sex talked about in their family what what about the culture that they lived in did they grow up in a fundamental christian home in an orthodox jewish home in a a mormon home in just a uh, a home that was o- more open about sex, uh, and and messages they received about any anything that was shaming around sex mm. that that is very powerful and impactful because those messages stay with people, they stay with them e- e- even in an unconscious way. So shameful messages can be playing in the background around sex. Maybe it's, I don't deserve pleasure. Maybe that wasn't a message about sex, but in general, you shouldn't get too comfortable. You shouldn't have pleasure. You should only be taking care of your partner. You should always be working hard. So that person has this message about pleasure, not being okay, you know, don't relax, always work. And mm-hmm. then, and and sex, you know, when you want to relax and open and just be in the moment and have and have sex, it's really hard to do that because of these messages you got about enjoying yourself. So um, so anything shaming. Uh, it could be the way a parent looked at a child, maybe they walked in when they were masturbating, a face they made, but it left an impact on right. the person. Right. And, the, and those things can play unconsciously. And of course, traumas, sexual and non-sexual in a person's life, can even play out in sexual ways, even if it 's a non sexual trauma
1: yeah' it's, there's so much to it, and you you're just you're naming a few things, but you're naming some very um, uh, very pivotal moments that that could happen. Tell us what's uh what do you have a miracle story anything somebody came to you and they had this, this, and this, and then they left they walked out the door at some point. And right. they, they were this, this, and that. Right. Yeah. Well, I,
2: miracle. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I am no miracle maker, and and I always say to people. By the way, if they come in and they say, "Guess what happened?" You know, and they're so happy, and yeah, they've reached a new level with each other. Um. I I, I always tell them, look, you're here maybe an hour a week. It's not. Yeah. How many more hours are there in the week? It's not what you do in here. It's what you do at home, what you take with you, how you cultivate that between each other. And um, I, I guess, you know, I think what's always really gratifying for me, so often couples come in, there's, there's been an affair and, you know, or some sort of betrayal.
1: Around. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What's the most common thing? And I, I had a feeling it was that, but I just wanted to know. Yeah, not
2: o- not always. I, I, can't, yeah. I guess I can't say for sure what's the most common. But actually, sometimes when there's an affair, people are still having sex. Uh, you know, afterwards, sometimes that sex even will ramp up because the woman is like, "Oh, I'll show him who can who's good at in bed." Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right, I, right? Yeah. And by the way, I'm being very sexist with that common Comment that was an assumption that the man is the one that had right. the affair right? because that, that's not always the case. I have had couples where it's the other way around. But uh, when a couple comes in and they're, they, they have not been able to reengage in sex because of a betrayal, it, it can be really for some, uh, well, again, I'm going to be sexist, but for some women that's really, really hard to think they say, you know, I just picture his hands on someone else. I picture – Someone else touching his body. I can't believe he did that. And so it can be, um, when they can begin to build trust, uh, rebuild trust and, um, rejoin their bodies in, in pleasure, which also helps to continue to rebuild the trust, trust and really be vulnerable with each other. I, I think that those for me are, are the most rewarding cases where um, couples really they they overcome such an impasse and obstacle in their lives and so much pain and they allow themselves to be vulnerable in therapy and and rejoin with each other.
1: Mm, um, wonderful, wonderful. Another situation that I can think of is when people have a miscarriage. Mm, I feel like when people have a miscarriage, that's another big thing that. Oh yeah. And it, yeah. it has so much fear involved and and things like that. That's I, mm-hmm. I've heard of those. So mm-hmm. usually a lot of people still have a change in their sex life too when they do have a baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> I usually say, yeah. well, "Why are you calling me now? Did did something happen different in your life? Oh yeah, we had a baby." <laughs> uh huh. Right. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. That uh, those little those little creatures do. They can. They can. Uh, Put a little bit of an impasse into the world of sex between adults. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes.
1: So, how do you bring mindfulness into that? Like when we say you're combining mindfulness with, you know, talk therapy that right. that has to do with feelings and sexuality and and right. other things. How does the mindfulness like actually get in there?
2: Sure. Okay. Great question. Yeah. So let's let's take an example. Um, an example. Say a couple who, uh, um, hmm. let's say that they are, they've been coming in because the man has an erectile issue, right? And he can't get an erection. So uh, they, I do the sexual histories with them. I learn everything, including, by the way, one very important question in the sexual history is, any, have their sexual boundaries ever been crossed? Because that's, you really want to know that because if there's someone who's a survivor of sexual abuse, you really want to make them in charge of what happens because in their, uh, in their history, they were, they were completely out of control. Right. So, but let's, so let's take mindfulness and, uh, sexual erectile dysfunction. So a man, what I ask people is to begin with exercises and depending on where they are in their sexual life if it's a couple say that really hasn't touched much in years um it may just start with hand massages mm-hmm. if it's a couple that is familiar with each other's body and they touch then maybe it would start with touching each other's bodies without clothes on without underwear and and maybe not maybe i would not include genitals and breasts at that, at this time, because I want to take away any expectations or any worry that the man might have of having to perform. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, if they're starting with just touching each other's bodies, at first one person is the giver and one is the receiver. This is the sensate focus it modified back from Masters and Johnson. Right, So perhaps they are, for five minutes, the one person who is giving, and I'll have them set a timer, five minutes, ten minutes, will touch the other person's body or rub their body. It's not to give the best massage that they've ever given. Um, it's not even about pleasure at this point. It's about noticing. It's about being aware. Pleasure may arise, but it is not about it's then, then you notice pleasure. Ah, that felt really good. It felt really good when he, she, they touched me here. Um, so what they're doing as they are the giver and as they are the receiver, they are noticing what it's like to be touched or to be touching. And what is it like in my body? What are my thoughts about this? What are my emotions that are arising about this? And at the end of that time, then they write that down. They stop when the timer goes off. They write down their experience. And then they switch roles, right? So applying, that's mindfulness, right? Complete awareness. So you're noticing what's going to come up. Well, maybe for a woman, it is going to come up. Well, you know, we had that affair once and I don't want to even be helping him with this. Um, I I don't even want to deal with this. Or maybe he wants her more than he wants me, and that's why he can't get an erection. For the man, noticing that, worry about getting an erection, oh, no, oh, I feel relaxed that I don't have to worry that because I know she's not even allowed to touch me there. Uh, It feels nice when she rubs my leg um what or he rubs my leg who, what, whoever their partner yes, is whoever course. their partner is yeah um yeah i'm i'm being i guess too heteronormative which i don't well, know it's, <laughs> <not>. it's okay <laughs> yeah. you know yeah yeah okay
1: um uh, i i yeah. try to be as inclusive as possible on this show yes. but sometimes if most of your clients are heterosexual uh-huh. Then,
2: you know, not, all, not all, but most, most of the couples I see in the area where I, I live are heterosexual, but not, not all of them. Okay. Not all my clients are heterosexual. Um, so you're applying this moment-to-moment awareness. And by the way, I just want to give credit. That exercise, the, I got, get that exercise from one of my mentors in the field, Suzanne Ayacenza, who's a fabulous sex therapist in New York City. Mm. So I just want to give her credit for, mm-hmm. for that. But uh, so when you apply the moment-to-moment awareness, it brings forth so much information. So, oh, wow, so you are really worried about what's going to happen and your partner getting upset with you if you can't have an erection. You are really feeling like not like a man or whatever it is that comes up for the person. Right. And we see how much else gets added on to the experience, right? Because if you're sitting there just worried and worried that it's not going to work, it's not going to work, it's not going to work, then how do you just come back and come back? Um, difficult. One, you yeah, <laughs> difficult, right. You need so help we, to come back. Right. So just like in meditation, when we can either use the breath as a focus, uh, as an anchor to focus us, or we use the body, in this case, in sex therapy, really just coming back to the body. Oh, awareness of thoughts of worry, coming back. Uh, thoughts of worry are still there. Worry about anxiety, this is not going to work. Just come back, but it feels good when I'm being touched here, right? So with these practices, and, and they go as Slowly as a couple needs, if this couple needs to rub each other's hands for three months or six months or longer and that's all they're comfortable with and that's all that's going to happen, I would never, ever ask anyone to do anything that is not comfortable for them um, or that feels unsafe for them. We Mm -hmm. may talk about what it would mean, what would it mean to include your arms and go past the hands, what would it mean to include your legs? What would it mean to take off your clothes with your partner, right? And even that can bring forth information. Mm -hmm. Um, I hear so many women say, I don't want him to see my body. I don't want to have sex with him because my body is not what it used to be, and I'm embarrassed of my body, and I just don't want him to see my body. Um, so yeah. common. They don't yeah. even cha- change their clothes. You know, their husbands. They literally live side by side, sleep in the same bed with with their partner, and but their partner never sees their body unclothed.
1: Yeah, um, I, I'm yeah. aware of that. That's yeah, uh, yeah. So it sounds like it sounds like a myriad of things. And yes, uh, and yes, uh, and I just want to say to my listeners, you know, if you're hearing anything here that that sounds familiar to you or if you or if you uh have been suffering alone and in silence uh with things like what wendy is discussing you know there is hope for you you don't need to suffer in silence anymore uh and we're gonna in the next segment we'll give you a way to get in touch with her and most certainly uh don't suffer over anything i mean you know Bring it out into the light and and find help for whatever it is. Please do that. So Wendy, we're going to take another short break here. When we come back, we're gonna. I'm going to ask you if you have a tip. You know, if you have a tip for for people who are feeling mm-hmm. something,
0: and mm-hmm. then
1: we'll find out how people can get in touch with you. They can call you or email you or uh, sure website. And also, I think, do you have a book? I don't have a book. No, a book? not yet. Yeah, not yet. Maybe one day. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we are uh, taking a break from sex and happiness, and we'll be back momentarily, and you'll find out about how to get in touch with Wendy if you've heard anything here that could be helpful for you or even helpful for someone you know. So stay tuned.
0: So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han too, meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now.
1: As a sex and happiness coach... I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with the Sibian has personally increased my sexual response and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience often described as the Lamborghini of sex choice. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add, trust me on this. I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N.com. Or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800 253 6135 and say Laurie Handler's told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S for Men. This is Sex and Happiness. Again, I'm Laurie Handler's. I'm interviewing Wendy Dombroff, who is a a licensed therapist, counselor, sex therapist, and, and also a mindfulness teacher in the context of therapy. So Wendy, if people hear this and they have, you know, one of these issues, something going on, whether they're heterosexual, homosexual, um, gender fluid, whatever it is, what should, what's a tip when they first start noticing that the, that, They're ready to deal with it. Mm. What what kind of tip would you give? I mean, because when they first notice it, they may first notice it and try to hide. People Mm -hmm. try to do that. I notice that. But Mm -hmm. what would would you give people as a tip?
3: Uh,
2: I would say, I would offer to people that, um, first of all, if it's something potentially medical, I I absolutely get checked out by a doctor, right? Uh, For Mm -hmm. all men with erectile dysfunction, um, if, if they really can't get an erection either during sex or, or even masturbation, of course, they need to see a doctor, um, and just make sure they're okay and healthy. Um, but I think to speak up and talk about it, talk about it with your partner, uh, even if it's difficult, have an open, um, line of communication around sex, uh, find a way to talk to your partner. So often couples, really they just don't communicate around sex except for people in the world of BDSM. They're great communicators about okay. sex and they could teach the vanilla sex world um a lot about sexual communication. Um so I think just being <laughs> able to talk about it and if you can, if you're finding it really dif- difficult tell your partner, you know there's something I'd like to talk about but I'm finding it hard to talk about and I'm I'm not sure how to begin. Um, and I'm wondering that if you have a strong reaction, can you can you tell me that without being too reactive? Yes. And as, as listeners for our partners, I think one thing I'm always trying to ask people to do, um, which is, again, from the world of mindfulness, is to listen to hear. Don't listen to respond. So mindfulness with ourselves, mindfulness also with our partners. Be in tune to, oh, my partner looks sad. My partner looks worried. I had a strong reaction to what they just said. Can I just hold that and let them talk and listen and be present? Right? Um, So listen to hear.
1: Don't listen to respond. That's a great tip. That's like a wonderful listening tip and so important so that people feel heard. Because okay. I think that's that, I think that's that's a very big fear for people. I'll tell yeah. them, but I'll tell them, but they won't they won't listen. Yeah. So that's right. Great. That's really really good. Um. Yeah. You you said something else. You said uh, I don't know. How, oh, the thing about the world of BDSM. Yeah. Oh. So thanks for the plug. Um. <laughs> of course. I noticed. Uh, I didn't think you know that tantra had anything to do with BDSM until I started working with my teaching partner, Om Rupani. He said to me, "You, I, I, you can create bliss with people in just eye gazing." He said, mm-hmm. "And I can show you how to create bliss with spanking."
2: Mm. And I said,
1: wow. "Okay, you show me." So he's in New Jersey, by the way. He's in Jersey City. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he so he showed I learned so much by teaching this course with him and so much about the communication and so much about you know being really clear and giving things numbers and whatever. I mean, I have uh, just in the in the 3 years that I've been doing the course with him, it's taken my own sex life from like what I considered it to be 10 on a 1 to 10 scale to like mm-hmm. Off the charts, you know, like wow, 50, 60, 70. Wow. So. Oh, how wonderful. Yes. Yeah, so it's wonderful. Look about that. It's a, that's, it's a lot of communication. Yes. And, that's and it,
2: it has to be for safety, right? And, exactly. Um,
1: yeah. And pleasure. Pleasure. And pleasure. Exactly. I mean, people are, I used to make up stories about it, why people were doing it. And I found out that all the stories I made up weren't true. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of clear communication, and a lot of vanilla folks are learning Mm -hmm. through through studying uh, BDSM that there's more communication than they thought.
2: Mm.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, that was a great tip about listening. I love that, being able to talk about it, being able to talk about it even if it's difficult, and then the Mm -hmm. other person listening to listen, listening to Mm -hmm. hear. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So Wendy, how yeah. do people get into? Where exactly are you, and do you do only sessions where people come into your office, or do you do uh, long-distance Zoom or Skype sessions? Uh, right,
2: right. Um, my office is in Madison, New Jersey. Okay. Um, I, I don't. I, I have um, the ability to do secure HIPAA compliant video. Okay. But I. Only do that when people can't come in. I actually don't think it's legal to do therapy across state lines. Mm. So, unless people come into my office, I don't, I, I've had to say actually no to some people who've called me from around the country,
0: uh, okay. because
2: you, you just can't, it's, I think it's illegal to do that. It may so, be under your uh, licensing,
1: it actually may be
2: uh yeah, yeah yeah
1: so so it's better if people are somewhere in the New York New Jersey area correct, yeah, see you, and then, right. um, would you consider doing longer sessions, like if somebody flew in from say Texas or whatever? Oh, you- absolutely. I
2: have done that actually i've I've met with people for three or four hours at a time when um especially one partner may be coming from. for someone separated and their partner lives three or four hours away or Mm -hmm. yes um i absolutely have have done that for longer periods of time okay great
1: so let's tell people the best ways to get in touch with you
2: okay well i have a website which is wendydumbroth.com therapy all one word it's and it's Wendy with an I at the end. <laughs> Wendy Dumbroff dot com. Um, my fu- my email is my name Wendy at gmail dot com and my phone is 973 937 8651.
1: Wonderful. Let me I want to spell Wendy Dumbroff so that um, so that they because they may not know how to spell your last name. So it's Wendy with an I, W E N D I D U M B R O F F Wendy Dombroff at gmail.com or Wendy Dombroff com. Correct. Thank again, you. the phone number was 973 937 8651. So, Wendy, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for joining me today and shedding light on. Uh, I don't get to the cover therapy very much on this show. Oh, you know? Yeah, yeah. I cover all kinds of subjects, you know, like swinging and poly and uh-huh. and, and new paradigm relating and, and uh-huh. uh, BDSM and Tantra and all kinds of stuff. But I haven't covered therapy a lot, and I really loved your comprehensiveness uh, in terms of Bringing a, a background of traditional therapy, but also integrating Buddhism and mindfulness and mm-hmm. and uh, and having people go. It feels, you know, I love that it goes slow. <laughs> you know, you have to go, you go slow and you only go at the rate of the person who's like the most slow.
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. yeah. So great. And that's what mindfulness brings to it. So that's, that's right. Really, it's excellent. So thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, let me know when you have a a book coming out. I'll be happy to have you as my guest again. That's wonderful. Thank you. We'll talk about that. And uh, just thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And everyone else, please tune in next time when I will have an amazing – actually, next time I think my guest is going to be talking about a procedure she had internally, which removed various, uh, I don't know, growths or what have you from inside of her and left her and many others, she tells me, with a condition of uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome uh, and, and numbness and lack of sexual desire. So we're going to talk about that and how widespread that might be. It's not something I know about. So when she wrote to me and told me about it, I got excited to hear about it. And um, so I I believe that'll be my next show. And if you're suffering from those kind of complications, perhaps you want to hear there may be other hope for you than you know. So, so tune in next time. I'll have a guest talking about that. This is Laurie Handler signing off for Sex and Happiness. Thank you all for being my listeners. Mm-hmm. Until next time, namaste.
0: Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness.